to another episode, guys, of Metal Mastermind. Your co-host and co-founder, Jason Stallworth, and also co-host and co-founder, the great Ben Gandelis. Uh All right, here we go. So we have a very interesting conversation today. Uh, I think it'll be a fun one. Um, yeah. I pose the question <laughs> now. I say, Jason Stallworth, in your future, <laughs> the perfect future for Jason Stallworth, what does that look like? Uh, and why are we asking this question, Jay? Why, why do you think I'm even I'm bringing this up? Well, we, we all have, well, we want to have a vision for our lives. We want to have like something to strive for. If we, don't, if we don't have kind of a battle to fight, something to strive for, then what are we? You know, even, and I'm not getting biblical on you guys, but, but even the Bible at some point says, uh, without passion, people will perish, right? So if you're not passionate about something, if you don't have like something to move towards, why are we here? We're just kind of existing. Um, what I don't want to be, Ken, I can tell you what I don't want to be. I don't want to be 70, 80, 90, or however long I live. I don't want to be some old man that just gave up on life or just retired and just sits around all day and just waiting to die. A lot of people do that. So I think that's why it's important to have a vision no matter how old or how young you are, you know, I see, I see 70 year old people on our YouTube channel sometimes saying how much a video helped them that they just started. And that, that ignites, man, that just, that just like lights the fire within me that we can have that sort of impact. And that person is not just sitting around waiting for life to end or just like, Oh, I'm just done. I'm retired. I don't have to do anything else, you know? And I'm not talking about retirement per se here, but well, I guess I'm getting old guys. <laughs> I'm never retiring by the way. So that's, but, I, but I think it's, um, I think it's more of, we have to be moving towards something, Ken. I think that's why we need to have some sort of vision for our life and some sort of, I don't even want to say plan because I think plan might be the wrong word, but I, and I, I don't even really want to say goal, but a vision, right? A place uh, where we want to be, not just physically, but spiritually, mentally, and in all of the above. Yeah, those are uh, absolutely important to think about. I I want to ask this question because I always want to make sure that when we talk about, and we talked a little bit about your why in the last podcast, and you, as as just even a musician, right, we... And when we're young, we always, we always think about, oh, what are the possibilities that we can attain by doing this route? And we, we know it's for the few and far few between. So it's going to be something that many people, um, and let's just be honest, the truth for the music industry is a lot of people don't make it. And hmm. there's a good reason for that. But what keeps them still doing what they're doing? And I think the Part of the big reason is that they haven't lost their vision for getting to the other side. And, you know, personally, I think, uh, you know, financial freedom is a, is a big thing for a lot of people, right? To be able to do music, but not necessarily be ultra rich, although some of us might want that or that might be a nice cherry on top of it, but it could also be just not having to worry about money in order to continue doing what you're doing. Some people might consider, you know, making $200,000 a year rich, which honestly, that puts you in like the one percentile already. So 
it, it's not a bad life to make that kind of money. And, you know, I think for most musicians, just making enough to be able to not suffer is, is, a, is a dream come true. And so I have two, two things to think about. What is your, your realistic dream? And what is your out there, totally bombastic dream, right? Because I feel like when you create something that's like, okay, what's a, let's say, what's a realistic dream? Let me define that. Something that you believe is attainable. Something that you believe is attainable. Doesn't mean that it's not going to be um, conducive to the, your actual dream, but something you think is more attainable right now, right? So, for example, right now, I think that making Metal Mastermind my full-time job is an attainable dream. I, I think that that is totally something yeah. in the future that I can totally do. Near future. Yes. Me saying I'm going to be making $10 million a year playing next to, you know, Ingve Malmsteen and Michael Romeo and all these things, yeah. that's a little bit more on the, okay, the bombastic dream, right? Those are still dreams but they're a little bit maybe more far removed. Why do we think they're more far removed? Well, probably because there is a disconnect between what is your realistic dream to what is the unrealistic dream. And that disconnect are the bridges that we want to find between the two. <laughs> See? So oh, how do we get to, because one of my biggest let's say, unrealistic dreams, is that I want my music to be played with Cirque du Soleil. I think that would be an amazing event Dude. where you have, you know, performance art, full-on dance and recital theatrics played with this cinematic metal that's narrating Dante moving through the Inferno. I think that would be an amazing event. So how do I get to that? Well, okay. Well, my realistic dream, which is to say, making a full time off of uh, Metal Mastermind, then also, of course, releasing my album, right? And not ever having to think about what I went through to make that album anymore. I, I, I have closed that chapter in my life and now I am moving forward and I'm making my next album, right? All of these sorts of things that are in my realistic dream that I know can and will happen, I can say that, well, if I achieve those realistic dreams, those will foster even more fire and more of a connection with my unrealistic dream. So I know that when I achieve those things, it might not feel as far-fetched to say, I want to do that Cirque du Soleil show because I'm that much closer because I have achieved this realistic. So setting goals for yourself is in my opinion, a more short term uh, attribute. When we talk about dreams, we talk about something that usually is something far in the future, something that we don't necessarily see as a way of like solidifying just yet, right? That's why we call it dreams. So 
When we call talk about goals, on the other hand, we usually say, okay, in order to get to this part point, I need to have this goal and this goal and this goal. I need to execute this by this and then, right? So goals just allow you to work towards your dreams. But it's important to also rethink about your dreams as milestones that can happen in the future. And by setting what's realistic first for you allows you to get that much closer to what you think may be unrealistic and even sometimes surreal, right? So these are sort of the things that I'm talking about that I think is important for us to stay on track. That's the, that's at the core of what I'm trying to get at here. How do we stay on track to make sure that we're always pursuing our dreams? Some people lose their way. How do we find ourselves again to make sure that we are always staying on track? I just want to make one change to your lofty goal of, you know, you want to play with Malmsteen and Michael Romeo. I'd rather your goal be for them to want to play with you. There you go. <laughs> You've created a name for yourself, you know, and, I, and I'll share like my short-term dream. Honestly, Ken, I, you know, I think that I know, I'm not going to say I think that because that's, that's an uncertain notion. And this is without any uncertainty that Metal Mastermind uh, in 2024, in early 2024, will be a seven-figure business, period. So we will make it that. And some of you might say, well, you know, it shouldn't be about the money. It's not really about the money. It's about the level of achievement. It's about the level of effort that, you know, Ken and I put into this, uh, the level and the quality of effort that we put into this, the focused effort that we put into this to make it that. And you guys being a part of something great, you're all a part of this, right? So I believe that's a short-term goal in, in, in 2024. Early, I would say, I would say by the end of the second quarter, that we can be a seven-figure business, right, in our courses. And it's not that we're just selling products, moving a mass quantity of products. It's that we have something really awesome to offer and that we believe in. And I know all of you who have been in our courses believe in our courses. We see the comments. We see the love and we get the emails. So thank you. So that's, that's the goal. You know, as far as my personal uh, this next album, I want it to be the greatest album I've ever put out there to date. I mean, everybody wants that. You know, if I look back at my albums, I still kind of like lean on my very first album. I'm working on album number five, so I've got four out there. It's not that I'm not proud of my last album, Masterpiece. I am. It's great. But there's something about the first one, Apocalyptic Dreams, that I released. It's just there's something very special and unique about that. So, you know, I, I can say that. With all, no, no artist will ever say that. Everybody's like, no, my last album was my best one. But I like to be honest with myself, you know. So I want this to be something that really puts me on the map not as just a YouTuber, because I, I know people know me as a YouTuber, and I'm not even that big on YouTube. I've got 75, 76,000 subscribers, which is great. I'm grateful for that. But, you know, there are people like Ola England and, and you know, Rick Beato who have hundreds of thousands and millions or whatever, Ben Eller, uh, the great YouTubers out there. I don't necessarily want to be known as a YouTuber, though, even though I am. Uh, I want to be known more for my music, Ken. You know, I, this is this is what I love. It's what I'm most passionate about. And I just, YouTube, I just share part of that journey and the things I've learned in hopes that it helps other people. So that that's kind of my short-term goal. I'll tell you my lofty goal real quick. I have a very specific project 
with a very specific name that I've been wanting to work on for quite some time now. Actually, I started writing music for it years ago. Some of these songs are written in 2009, 2010. There's four songs for this project already. I want it to be so big, though, and I'm going to be working on this in 2024. I want it to be so big that it's going to have the project, the album, whether it's under another band name or under my name, I don't know yet. It's not really important, but I want to have a book with it. And I also want to have a series and or a movie with it. And I want someone like Netflix or even Disney or whoever, I don't care. Some something big merge into this thing and, and push it out there. So that's that's what I'm wanting. If it was a Netflix series, <laughs> that'd be great. Amazon series, I don't care. But I know something big uh, is in the works for this. Um, and of course, that leads to things like that open the doors to like, well, okay, you're out there at that point. And that's what I yeah. want. You know, I look at life uh, quite a bit like uh, here, actually kind of funny because my my own novel kind of takes on this kind of idea where it starts off with who you are as a person right now and um that's what you know that's what you've experienced in the past right but there becomes a point where you get to a certain level and the things that are important that are bigger than you are starting to overshadow your everyday things and this is where i feel like people who who have gotten to that point like you know superstars and stuff like that that have established a name for themselves why they are the way they are sometimes like you might come across a celebrity and you notice that maybe they don't necessarily treat you the nicest (laughs) and i think in some ways we have to understand where they're coming from because they're so influential that they cannot, they literally cannot waste their time. If they waste their time, it takes away from the bigger mission that they're trying to create, (laughs) right? They're answering the call at such a high level, right? That whatever they do influences people. It influences sometimes even the world. It's kind of hard to fathom how much responsibility that is. And you start thinking about it and you're just like, yeah, okay. It's like, that's why in all of the other types of stories of like age old gods and mythology, why did gods treat mortals like crap? (laughs) Because gods are gods. (laughs) They're not on the level of mortals. So they are literally more concerned about with eternity Big picture, right? And they are about the present moment, you know? Yeah. Which is so interesting. It's such an interesting concept. And when I think about our dreams and these big, big dreams, I think about that and how those dreams are like on the level of gods. And they're really just up there for, you know, for mortals sometimes to sort of get a little trickle of that, you know, ambrosia the nectar of gods, right? And you, you, you get a taste of it sometimes and you're just like, oh, that's good. And like, I want more of that. How do we get more of that, right? And you know, you find a little bit of success in your life and you're like, okay, this is, this is where things need to go. And so you start focusing on, on that 
that gets you closer to that goal. I always, I, I, I like this big picture idea because it, it allows me to, to also humble myself um, amongst the face of everything that we do in this world because it's not about you. It's, it's about the bigger thing, bigger. you know, the, the greater purpose that we all have to do. And then, you know, we talk about, you know, bigger things like what affects us all um, and how our influence needs to be subservient to that. You know, it is not about just doing what's good for us, but at the same token, like how can we affect people on a bigger scale? That's why, you know, I look at something like what we do in Metal Mastermind as something that's super important because it's so much bigger than just me saying, oh, I want to work on Homeric and influence people that way. I'm actually doing that right now with you, Jason. <laughs> Doing that every day, influencing people to make better music. And we can be, you know, those people as a, as a, as a light, as a beacon of light, a, a way to show a path towards something greater. And we're on that path ourselves. So it's like, you know, let's just, let's trudge through the dirt, through the snowstorm, up the mountain to the peak, and let's plant our flag. Um, but we're, we're not going to do it on our own. We need, we need people. That's, that's that the core of everything that we do. Everything needs people. So I, want to, I wanted to ask this question because I think it's important for us to just reflect upon how we, 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 we proceed through uh, everything that we do in, in, in our lives and how we affect others and how, even though... You know, we're always online, you know, we're talking to each other online. Um, you don't necessarily see on the other side how somebody receives the message. And um, those kinds of things, uh, they're hard to, um, to remember because you don't see it in person every day. But it happens every day. And... That's, I, I have a lot of gratitude for that. I, have, I am very humbled. I try not to have hubris um, for what we do because uh, hubris is, is, is the quickest way to shooting yourself in the foot. I, I, I think, you know, if you stay grounded and you stay aware, uh, I think you'll do okay. And your dreams are not necessarily too far-fetched if you continue to break down what are the milestones in order to get there. And if you keep that fire alive, you'll, you'll stay, you'll stay passionate. <laughs> well, I strongly believe that. You know, you're talking about different types of goals too, Ken. You're talking about like the, the vision or, or vision rather. You've you got this grand vision that seems unrealistic, but then we talked about the short-term goal, the short-term vision. And I think it's important to make sure that your short-term goal somehow aligns and or supports the bigger vision as well. The bigger vision may be like far-fetched in your mind, but Ken, you and I talked about this a lot. We talk about things like manifestation and I don't want to get weird yeah. on you guys. So that sounds weird to some people. It sounds like a, a fantasy driven, but no, so it's a real thing when you, you dig a little bit deeper, and I, guys, I'm not an expert in this, but when you dig a little deeper into quantum physics and the quantum world and, and the things that are unseen, 
uh, a lot. I'll just say this. And again, I'm not an expert. I don't know a lot. won't pretend to, to understand a lot of this. I'm, I'm learning <laughs> as an old dude, you know, uh, just learning new things, always being open. But I think a lot of it has to do with our perception and how we control our mind to perceive things. I walked outside the other night, just, you know, taking Frodo out or, or Doxy. And I was, wasn't upset about anything, had a good day, but just, you know how your mind will just throw things at you. And I don't even know what it threw at me, but it was something that wasn't positive. It was negative and it was like something to, to maybe worry about. Cause I think worrying about things and, well, oh, this might happen or whatever. I think that's a comfort zone in our mind because it's just what we're used to, you know? And I immediately stopped myself. I, again, I don't remember what it was that I was starting to worry about or starting to concern myself with, which tells you it wasn't important. I look back at our home. I look at the, the lights and, you know, the two cars that we have. They're old cars, but they're paid off. We've got that sitting in the garage. My wife, she's, she's in, in the back patio somewhere feeding the feral cats that we take care of. And I thought, damn, we, we've got such an amazing life. I'm grateful. I threw my hands up in the air and just, just in gratitude, I'm like, you know, there's nothing to, to, to be upset about, nothing to worry about. I'm just grateful. And I believe that we allow great things to happen in our lives. Have you ever noticed how someone who has that attitude, good things happen and more good things happen? And if you ever notice other people, Maybe this has been you. It's certainly been me in the past. Other people, though, they have a bad attitude. They're always down about something. And guess what? The next day, they're always down about something again. And something happens. And then something else happens. And we call that Murphy's Law, right? And it just it's a spiral effect. And I think that's because you're living, you're living that in your mind. So you're creating these things that don't even exist yet. You're bringing these things into existence in your life. And it's not to say that that things can't happen that are beyond our control. Certainly they do, but we always have the choice. And we talk about choice a lot, right? We always have the choice to perceive it in a different way and to kind of flow through that, right? So mm -hmm. I believe, I believe the, some of the famous people, so to speak, and it's not all about fame. And I, I don't mind a little bit of fame. I, I'm going to be honest. A lot of people say, well, I don't want the fame. You know, I, I like going into a store or a restaurant or wherever, or playing a gig, and someone coming up to me telling them that they saw one of my videos and it helped them. I, I love that. That's an, that means I inspired someone. And do I want to know that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that, that type of fame, if I become even more known for that, if we become more known for that, and we will, well, I, I welcome that. I'm okay with that, you know? So I think a lot of it has to do with, with our perception how we see the world and how we see life. And when you're focused on the bigger picture, can I think a lot of times it, you'll start to do away with things that really don't matter in life. And you'll focus yep. on more of those things that, that get you to that grand vision. Yeah, 100%. Your, uh, your energy is just completely focused in that direction. And uh, you just, you eliminate the fluff <laughs> and right. cut the fat. Right. So yeah. um, you just zero in on what's important to you and uh, things that just are not in line with that just become more of a waste of time. And uh, you just you don't allow that to happen. So when we're when we're young, I feel we're so much more uh, impressionable and we have a wanting and a need 
to feel uh, accepted by our peers. That, that's just a yeah. human thing, right? Because we're growing, we're becoming more socially adept, and you know, you want to be at the leader of your pack, <laughs> how, how primal you want to get, right? Yeah. And um, <laughs> then you find out that, you know, living in this world, that there's like a different layer to that. So in the beginning, it's just like, you know, high school, right? You know, you, you want to just be the popular kid at high school. But, you know, some of us that, you know, don't necessarily do that in high school, we end up seeing a different vision for ourselves. And that doesn't become our reference as being like, oh, so I was the popular one in high school. So I expect this to be, you know, this way forever. And it doesn't because people grow, they go in different directions yeah. because they move with the times and they see that their existence becomes so much more important to the bigger cause, right? So whatever was in high school doesn't really matter because that was so far back. We're doing this now. We're doing this more important thing now, right? And people who don't move on from that age of themselves back in, you know, they're the ones that they sit in the bars and they're wearing their varsity coats and they're like, man, my golden years, blah, 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 right? And it's like, <laughs> okay, yeah, so then what did you do after that? You know, it's like, what are That's you what doing now that is reflective of you being at your prime, which is what you're saying, you were the leader of the pack. Are you, why, why did it fall off? Why did you not continue being the leader of the pack? Or did you not have a, a, a vision for yourself of what was to come and that was important for you to do, right? Some people don't do that. They just coast. They coast through life, and they yeah. they just accept things as they come, as they are. And you know, yeah, I get it. It's not it's not for everybody, but it's also a choice. You get you choose to live the way that you do. Um, I firmly believe that. You firmly believe that. I know. Yeah. And we are here, and we have to create our own realities. Our own realities are only going to be as big as our own imaginations can be. So if your reality isn't as big as your dream, it means you still have more to grow and you still have work to do. <laughs> so don't get complacent and just accept things as they are. Have gratitude, but move forward with a little bit more of a hunger to continue striving for your goals. That vision is so important because if you don't have that vision, you don't know what you're working towards. So this is why I wanted to talk about this today, because I think it's important for us to reestablish that everything that we do, yes, there are little details along the way that we have to acquire the skill, you know, the communication, the network, the sustainability, all of this stuff all plays into that. But you, you still need that big vision as to why you're even doing what you're doing. Um, if you have a strong enough vision, you, you can do a lot. <laughs> you could probably do anything you, you put your mind to because you're so passionate about what it is that you want your outcome to be. And by putting more energy in that direction, you, you, like you've said many times, is that you force the universe to work in your favor. Yeah, I believe that. You know, um, and, and I... I'm a big fan of, uh, and I try not to be a fanboy of too many people. I was telling you earlier about Dr. Joe Dispenza, 
if you get a moment, yeah. you know, look, look up Dr. Joe Dispenza on YouTube. He's got some very powerful things, some things that's really changed my life this year. Uh, and it just had a substantial impact. And a lot of great things have happened this year. Two major endorsements uh, for one and many other great things that I never would have expected. But he talks about your personality becomes your reality. And we have to change our personality. We have to change who we are, which we do that by changing the way we think. Because what we think, well, that's going to dictate who we become. You know, and we talk about emotions, emotions being the center of that. And I believe that you have to have an emotional response as if that great thing has already happened in your life in order for it to happen. And this is where we get into the quantum field and that sort of thing and all, all the things that I'm not, I'm not going to pretend to understand. <laughs> and I don't need to understand it. You know, that's the beauty of it, you know. Uh, I love the way Dr. Joe Dispenza demystifies this whole realm. He does a great job of that. Um, but we talk about emotions, having the emotions. Like when I wake up each morning, there's a particular, first of all, I wake up with gratitude. I'm thankful for my wife. I'm sitting in the car, uh, getting ready to go to the gym. I take about five minutes and just experience gratitude. Thankful for my wife, thankful for our life and everything that we have, the people we have in our life, right? She's the most important thing in my life. I shouldn't call her a thing. Most important person. <laughs> so I do that. But then I have this little financial routine that I go through in my head. I have a specific place, talking about goals, talking about vision. Some of these are lofty. I go through those. I have been given specific numbers to be in our personal accounts. I write those numbers in the air every morning. I also have, and I'll share this with you guys. We're getting a little personal here. I'll share this with you guys. We're not debt-free as of yet, but we will be. And I believe that, and guys, I'm not, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about uh, making a bad decision and, and getting into debt and then wishing it away by manifestation. That's not what I'm talking about. But what I would tell you is that, you know, this is just data and the data can be replaced and zero out the data that's there. And I believe when we get to that place where we manifest that, how we manifest that rather, is we experience the emotion that it's happened. So we have to do that before it can actually happen. But in the interim of that, the actions that we take outside of that and because of that emotion, right, if we allow ourselves to take the action that's appropriate to that emotion, then it will happen. We will attract that to happen. So again, I want to I be very careful in how I say this. I don't mean to say that, well, it can just go away. I'm just going to make a bad decision and, and go run up my credit card and it's going to magically go away. Or I'm going to have this lofty goal, but I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to manifest it to happen, right? If you're not doing the things, to, first of all, experience the emotions that it has happened already, and then taking action based on those emotions that you feel and based on that goal that you have, all this works and, and you know, it coincides together, right? All this works together. Then I believe you can get there much faster, and you not only go for it, but you attract it into your life. So I'll share the thing that I, that I, uh, this, this thing that I say every morning. I say, my wife and I, and I hold my hands out with zeros. We have zero debt. We pay interest to no one. We only collect interest. I'll say it again, and you can say this with me. I have zero debt. I pay interest to no one. I only collect interest. And then I'll write my numbers out. And then I'll say, 
oftentimes. I don't know how this will happen, and I don't need to know how. I am only grateful for the event and everyone involved. Again, let me clarify, guys. This doesn't mean that I'm going to go make bad financial decisions and wish it all away. <laughs> That's not how this works at all. It means that I'm experiencing the gratitude and I'm experiencing the emotion that this has already happened in life. And I'm using finances because, well, I wanted to share this with you guys. It's practical because it affects us all. So one, one might say, well, money's not the most important thing in life. And this, this podcast is not about money, guys. Again, it's just, a practical, it's just a practical thing that we all go through. It's not the most important thing, but it kind of ranks up there with oxygen. You need it to live. And if you have it, you've got some freedom in your life if you use it appropriately. Okay. So again, I want to clarify once again, I know I sound like a broken record. Uh, this is not to say that you make bad decisions and just wish it away and I'm going to manifest it away. That's not how this works. This is about experiencing the event as if it already happened and then going about your day, taking the appropriate actions, attracting that to come to you. Hopefully that makes sense. I think it makes sense. I think you're, you're, you're basically preparing your mind for reception. Um, and by putting that frame of reference, what you also do is it's kind of like you ever, um, you ever do this thing when you were a kid where it was like you wrote something in invisible ink and then you had to put like a, a, a very special pair of glasses to see what it wrote. Under I remember a those dudes, yeah. Right? It's kind of like cool. that. It's kind of like that, where you have now prepared your mind uh, to look for these signs that point you in the direction that you need in order to receive what it is that you're asking for. Right? So now you're much more aware of what these signals look like to you. If you don't know what you're looking for, you don't know where the opportunities to get what you're looking for come from. Right? Mm -hmm. So... I feel like even if it's in like the minuscule things, you know, um, they could be very subtle. It could be like an interaction that you had with somebody at work, but that interaction, you know, led you to do something that was, uh, you know, maybe more in contact with someone who was higher up and maybe you had been seeking a promotion all this time. And now you've created a relationship with this person that is now in a better position than you that can help maybe lift you up. Uh, you know, and this can kind of cascade down the events towards eventually maybe one day, you know, become a vice president of that company, right? <laughs> That's kind of like in my, in the sense, like something like my brother was doing, he was a popcorn boy at a movie theater. I remember now, that, yeah. yeah, now he's, he's, he's what you call a film buyer. He's a film buyer. He, he, or the, he represents AMC theaters <laughs> and he buys movies from studios to put in their in their theaters it's very very cool so coming from like a popcorn boy and a guy who loves movies and wanted to always you know make something that was you know an important event for people this is this is this is like the perfect thing for him so but even then it's like you know just in our own minds we're always striving to do something that is better for ourselves in our situation we always want that but are we always prepared to receive that? Um, you know, you, you, if you're, uh, I, I, I'm a big advocate for also emotional stoicism. Um, mm. Being stoic awesome. is, is, an is an important skill to have. And a lot of people don't necessarily have that skill. Um, being able to be stoic and control your emotions is, allows you to 
to see things as I think as they are and for you to take action on them as they are. And you can, you know, perhaps be able to be a little bit more uh, laser focused on the things that you want. So um, I think that's a very important thing. And you're absolutely making a lot of sense. I think your uh, approach is actually very wholesome. Well, the stoicism rolls right into that. You're, you're absolutely right. The, you know, being emotionally stoic goes back to allowing yourself to feel the emotion as if something already happened. Because in the quantum realm, it has happened, if you think about that. And again, I, I don't pretend to understand all this. I think it's fascinating. I'm like overly fascinated with it. But when you, when you allow yourself to feel an emotion that's really not there, but you're like, I'm going to feel this anyway. That's mm -hmm. being stoic. That's emotional stoicism. So you're telling your mind, no, I'm not going to allow you to go down that road that doesn't serve me. You know, can we talk a lot about things that serve us and, uh, you know, people that serve us? And no, I'm not talking about, you know, bringing you your, uh, your Thai food or chicken wings, although that's nice too. <laughs> but we, we keep the things that serve us in life, the emotions even, right? We, we grasp onto those and we, and we create more of those. And we get rid of, simply get rid of the, the emotions that do not serve us. Anger does not serve you or me in any shape or form. It only holds us back. You know, the person that you're angry at doesn't impact them because they could probably care less. Right. <laughs> if, if, they, if they screwed you over and you're angry at them or something happened, well, they probably don't care how you feel in the first place. So being angry at them, it's not going to matter. It's only hurting you, right? Being depressed, and guys, I'm not going to get deep into that, but being depressed does not serve you. So how do we get out of that? We choose to bring in an emotion that we're not used to feeling. And this takes practice. Ken, you've talked about this. You've talked about things that are important to us taking time. This takes practice. Is practice the art of feeling emotions as if these great things have happened to you in your life already. And I believe this is important because this brings in, this attracts those big goals that we have. I've never seen anyone you know, build an empire for themselves with negative emotions. And it's not to say you can't take an event and build something off that. Some people have had horrific things happen in their life, so they have built something, right, because of that event. And I can't think of any specific examples. But even then, guys, even then, they chose to make their emotions work for themselves. They, they chose to feel the emotion of this thing I'm building because this horrific thing happened to me, this thing I'm building, it already, it already existed in their mind, right? Yeah. So the, and that's where it all starts, guys. So I think it's important for us to, uh, to have that emotion of gratitude, to have that emotion of this has happened. And this is, how, how would you feel if you were debt-free, for example? How would you feel if your album that you just released just really just took off and it, and it went bigger than you ever would have imagined? Allow yourself to experience that emotion, and I believe that will lead you to taking the appropriate actions. The Ken said something very, extremely important just a few minutes ago when you said laser-focused. Yeah. And I believe yeah. this, this gratitude will allow you to be laser-focused on, on the things. There are only a few little things that are going to get you to where you want to be. It's not all the fluff that we talked about in, our, in last week's podcast. You know, we talked about eliminating the fluff. And it's funny, Ken, you, you said something about trimming the fat earlier. When I worked in corporate America, 
you know, we had layoffs every year, of course, you know, that's, that's just how it goes um, because they're cutting areas, they're trimming. Uh, we, had, we had this slogan, uh, and he called it, the, the, you know, one of the leaders called it, we're going to trim the fat this year, which usually meant more layoffs today. <laughs> but they were trimming the fat in areas that just weren't, weren't getting the work done that was needed to get done. It, it wasn't aligning with the big goals that the company had. So, of course, they would bring in other jobs to fulfill those areas to drive us towards that goal, but we're trimming the fat in these areas over here. So I think we have to mentally trim the fat. I think we have to get rid of the things that make us feel busy and really be laser-focused with the gratitude, with the emotions of, as if this thing has already happened, and be laser-focused. Because if you, Ken, if you really, if you truly allow yourself to believe that this has already happened, that your project, dude, what you're talking about, you know, has already happened, it's already big. If you truly allow yourself to feel that emotion, you're going to be very aggressive on that laser focused action. You're like, okay, you're, cause you're excited about it. You're like, man, this has already happened. So it's all, it's almost an organic, if you truly allow yourself to feel that, it's almost an organic, uh, way of going about your day. It's like, okay, well, I know exactly what I need to do. I need to be, I need to do away with all this other stuff. I'm going to be laser focused on this, on this one thing or two things here. Yeah. That's, it's kind of like your way of tapping into like that fourth dimension, right? Yeah. Which, uh, I look at it as, uh, well, fourth dimension, as far as I understand it, is not just space, but it also includes time. So you are able to connect. Like it's why we have memories, right? It's like our way of tapping into the fourth dimension to connect with our own past. Right. And we can, we can, some of us, we can, you know, quite vividly visualize what happened in the past and how it went yeah. down. And you remember those things, you know, I was, uh, you know, not, not too long ago, just looking at nine 11 footage and remembering yeah. how that went down when I was about nine or 10 years old. Like, yeah, that, was, kid, dude. that was a crazy time, but I remember the emotions in that room and, um, you're doing a similar thing. You're tapping, but you're tapping into the future. You're tapping into, the possibilities and you're, you're, you're synergizing, you know, your current emotions with what's in the future. And so when we do something like when we remember the past, we remember the emotions, that's our way of connecting to whatever happened to us, whether it's trauma or something that was beautiful, but we can do the same thing for our future. And if we do that, perhaps that gives us a little bit more of an edge as to actually acquiring that future and you, you bring that into your life. So it's a very powerful move, man. And uh, I totally agree. And it's an important step for anyone in their growth. And uh, to not immediately dis disavow that, oh, it's just wishful thinking. No, it's not necessarily wishful thinking. It's, it's just appropriating your energy into a place where you want to see it come to fruition. That's what it really is. So that's how I believe it to be. And, uh, you know, <laughs> therefore it is, right? There's a very famous quote about that. Uh, I, it is, therefore I am, or something like that. I forget exactly what, how it went down, but, um, you have to have vision. You have to have vision in order to bring these good things into your life. We have to yeah, do away with a lot of things we're taught to, you know, I, I think a, a lot of, uh, things that we grew up with, not to say they're all bad, but you know, what were we taught, Ken, go to school, get them good grades, which is nothing wrong with that. Go get a good job. Nothing wrong with that. And just, you know, and retire someday or whatever and save, save, save and, and do that. And again, nothing wrong with that. That has worked for a lot of people. But if that's all you know and that's all you accept and you just settle for the fact that you can never do anything beyond that, 
again, if you don't want to do anything beyond that, that's that's on that's fine. That's your call. That's it's your life, guys. But if you want to do something greater, we often have that that nagging thing in our mind. It's like, well, the, the good stuff that was just meant for lucky people or or the elite or the wealthy or just meant for uh, just happens to certain people. It's just never going to happen to me. You have to eliminate that. You know, you have to eliminate that, and you have to understand that something we said in the last podcast is you're not really looking for a way you're creating a way and on top of that you're creating your own way that's really what this is all about so what i will tell you what ken and i both will tell you is one you've got this i want you to know you've got this okay dream big and understand that you know the vision you have it might not always work out exactly like you want it to or think it is but as long as you're moving towards that it will work out in your favor you do have to be i think a little aggressive sometimes in, in the fact that you need to be laser focused, like Ken said earlier. That, that was a very important point, is to be laser focused. Okay? You can't allow distractions. You can't allow the negativity. You can't allow the naysayers to, to put you off course. You have to stay laser focused on that thing and just move towards that and just know this is going to happen. This is my path. You know? Good stuff, man. I agree. <laughs> very, very wholesome conversation. <laughs> So on that note, on a lighter note, well, actually, this is kind of a heavy note. You have a song for this week, dude? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, here's a good one. Uh, Ensiferum, the band Ooh, yes. Ensiferum. They're great, dude. There's a really great song called Victory Song. Victory Song. So in line with our, 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 our subject today <laughs> of your visions, right? And, yeah. you know, Victory Song is... Uh, a song of the Vikings conquering their enemies. So go ahead and listen to that. It's a very, very fun tune. That's an awesome Anything song. for you? Yeah, I don't know that this is really relevant to today's conversation, but I was listening to some Slayer this morning and Angel of Death. I was listening <laughs> to one of their live YouTube videos, and they, they played several songs, but just for some reason, Angel of Death just comes out. And uh, Oh, man. And Slayer is a band I didn't really get into when I was younger. I started listening to metal in 88, 89. I discovered Metallica, and I was just all in on Metallica and Testament and Metal Church and, of course, a lot of the hair bands and then bands like Scorpions and stuff like that. But um, I didn't really start listening to Slayer for whatever reason. It's kind of weird. Until later. Even Megadeth. Until later. I was just so focused on, you know, other stuff like, you know, the, the Metallica, Puppets and Justice. There was something that was just really captivating about that and Joe Satriani and several others. But... I listen, start listening to Slayer a lot more over the past few years, and uh, it's just a band I never get tired of. You know, the funny thing is, is they're not necessarily super tight and super technical. I don't want to say they're not tight; it's probably the wrong thing, but it's it's just it's kind of raw, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just love it, man. There's a, there's an energy that comes with Slayer. It's like, yes, this is cool. So, well, um, Angel of Death, and I guess we could say, since we are going to relate it to our conversation today, is you're the angel of death, and the thing that you're putting to death are your old ways, your old habit, your thoughts that don't serve you. You are the angel of death, and you're killing off that garbage. Love that. Does that work? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we'll wrap this up by uh, saying thank you for being with us. Thank you so much for being a part of Metal Mastermind. Uh, we love this community. Ken and I, we love doing what we do. Hey, be sure to visit metalmastermind.com. Check out our courses we have for metal musicians. We've got guitar courses, courses on theory, courses on building a studio, 
mixing, songwriting, vocals, all kind of good stuff. So metalmastermind.com. Check that out. Guys, until next time, as always, create your own sound.